Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Scott Stedman Podcast. I hope you are having a wonderful weekend. Uh, joining me today is Micah Current. Micah, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm good, man. How are you? It's I'm tired. I'm tired. You told me that earlier. You said that you were yes. pretty tired. And, and that's the thing. I, I went to bed early. I got good sleep, but I'm just, I don't know if it's because it snowed yesterday and it's looks like it started to snow again today. Like, I don't know if it, that's it or if it's just because I have stuff on my mind or. Or you're doing children and youth ministry in your 40s. Yeah, that could be it, too. <laughs> that could be it, too. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. So today we have an exciting episode. We're going to be discussing retirement, which I know you and I are not there yet. And not sure when we'll get there to retirement. Seems like an eternity away. Um, But I know for some of our older ministers, retirement is coming up close. And we're going to kind of dive into those topics. Uh, But before we do that, uh, looking at some uh, stories gone wild. What strange stories do you have to share with us today, Micah? I don't know that I have, you know, one per se, um, other than what you're doing right now with with whatever you have going on there. Um, that's my strange story. No. Um, what? <laughs> so I think a couple of weeks ago we shared, you know, I shared that we, you know, the the difficulty of finding a church or going to a church, you know, recently. So yesterday we had every intention of, you know, getting up and we've made a list of a couple of churches that we want to go visit in the next couple of weeks. And we got up and uh, sure enough, there was a snowstorm in Southwest Ohio, believe it or not, because, you know, why not? It's, it's still January. And um, like, I think, I think Wednesday and Thursday last week, we were in the fifties and sixties. And yesterday they called for like an inch to three inches of snow. We ended up getting somewhere around the area of six inches of snow here. So um, thankfully it was fluffy. Thankfully it was, uh, you know, easy to clean up and whatnot and get our driveway cleared out and whatnot. But uh, it just so happened to fall right when church, you know, church was going to happen. So we, we got online and we're scrolling through social media and this church is closed, this church is closed, this church is closed, this church is closed. So most folks uh, enjoyed church yesterday watching online. So I watched a friend of mine's church in Florida yesterday and um, yeah, enjoyed it very much. And But, you know, sure enough, as soon as we were going to get out and go try to find another church uh, to go visit, we couldn't because of the snowstorm. So did you guys get a lot of snow up there? Uh, we actually, it was interesting because right when we started our, when we started like nine o'clock service, like it was just starting to snow. So we had people come in and then our 11 o'clock attendance may have been a little bit less because it was still snowing and the roads were looking pretty bad. But by the time two o'clock came around, everything kind of got mellowed out. Things were cleared. So I was able to have youth um that evening so it wasn't it wasn't too bad wasn't too bad at all um but yeah i mean i even saw actually i even saw that um a pastor i know that is a snowbird down in florida 
said they attended a different church this Sunday because the church they regularly attend was closed because of snow. And I'm thinking, huh, that's weird. It must have snowed in a certain part of Florida where they canceled church, but then they could just drive maybe a little bit further south and church is open because there's no snow there. <laughs> well, you lived in the south. People freak out when it, when it snows. Yeah. Yeah. So a uh, strange story for me actually happened yesterday. I'm, and, and it doesn't, I don't know if you've ever had this situation, but I feel like every time when I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go lay down for a bit and I go to try to lay down. That is when I have everybody and their grandmother calling me on my phone, like right when I want to lay down. I think I'm going to start doing that. What? You're going to call me like right when I'm going to lay down. I'm just going to make like an estimated guess of when you're actually going to lay down and try to call you. <laughs> Please don't. Um, anyway, but um, I got a call from my mom, which is unusual because I talked to her yesterday. So it was almost like, okay, why is she calling me? Like they're. So I figured maybe it's an emergency. So. I answered the phone. She goes, oh, hey, has your sister talked to you? And I said, no. And she goes, well, their their dog passed away. And they started telling me, like, all the details about my sister's dog passing away. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm being, I'm being sympathetic. But at the same time, like. You're like, this is an open my nap. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I was talking. But then, but then here's the other thing. And, and it, this may sound so bad. But. My mom then goes, it seems like your dog, Max, is going to outlast everybody. Because, because we got our dog from my parents, because my parents originally had a couple of dogs, and Max was one of them. But Max being a Labrador and being really hyper and needing lots of attention, my parents just couldn't uh, keep up with them. So we took care of, so we decided, hey, we'll take Max off. Your so we've had Max for... Um, we've had Max for about 12 years and he's actually 13 years old, has severe arthritis. And anytime I'm thinking, man, it's gotta be soon. He's going to pass away soon. He, it's either, either he's just going to go to sleep and not wake up, or it's going to be to the point where his arthritis and his pain is so bad that he's just not going to get up and he's just not going to be able to move because he's just in so much pain. Um, but yet he continues to outlast all my parents' dogs that they get. He continues to outlast, like, outlast my sister's dog. And Charlie was probably maybe only a year old, like maybe two years old. And that's it. And I'm thinking, and me and, me and Laura, we always talk about, like, man, when Max does pass away, it's going to be so weird because we no longer have to try to hunt and find somebody to watch our dog when we go on vacation or, like, house sit or dog sit or anything like that. <laughs> but I just thought that was so strange that like not only is it like my mom upset that my sister's dog passed away, but then she's making jokes about how my dog's gonna live forever. <laughs> this is a weird dynamic, I guess. But yeah, that that was that was the weirdest thing that happened to me. Like, and and I don't know, like every time, and that's the thing. When people call me when I'm napping, I figured, oh, this must be an emergency or it's something important. And then it's usually nothing. It's usually just like, oh, hey, uh, hey, I want to tell you that your sermon was good last uh, this Sunday. 
you couldn't have told me that while we were at church. Like you had to call me two hours later while I'm trying to rest to tell me that. I mean, I appreciate it. I love it. Thank you for calling and letting me know that that makes me feel good. But I really need to sleep. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. But yeah. So that's that's my strange story today. Um, but I think kind of what the I guess kind of what the strangest thing is just like I said mentioned before, just talking about retirement. That's something we haven't tackled on this uh, podcast before. And I know that um, I know some pastors, especially some of the pastors who when I was a kid or when I was a youth, they, you know, they're at that point now where they're close to retirement age. And, and you know, sometimes I hear stories of pastors retirement and sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's challenging. Um, so we're going to kind of just dive right in. So, uh, Micah, since you're the one who kind of brought this to my attention, kind of give me your thoughts on this whole pastor's retirement. Have you experienced pastors who've retired well, didn't retire well, everything in between? Yeah. So I I was having breakfast with a uh, a friend of mine who who's also a pastor, and he's 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 our age. He's right about you know late thirties, if not early forties. Um, he's serving as an associate pastor at a church. He kind of handles like he's like the jack of all trades, right? He does all the stuff with the building and the maintenance and stuff like that. But he also does, you know, he's in a preaching rotation, and then he also handles a lot of the student ministry stuff, whether it's the retreat or running Wednesday nights, you know, with with the kids or or whatever. But like he just does it all, and so. He and I had breakfast this morning and had a really good conversation about, you know, what what a transitions in ministry look like, and 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 not not necessarily the transition of ministry of, you know, hey, I'm I'm the pastor and I'm leaving for another ministry assignment, or hey, uh, things have gotten ugly and I can't stay, or there's been a scandal, or you know, similar things or topics that we've talked about on the show before, mm-hmm. more but more along the lines on, you know, what happens when you've been pastoring a church for 25, well, let's just say 20, 25, 30 years. And you're coming to, you know, you're coming up on that, you know, that 30 year mark in in a profession where in most cases um, you think about the, the R word, you think about retirement, you think Mm -hmm. about, uh, you know, starting your life post work, right? Like you go to college to, to get educated and then you get educated to get a, a certain, you know, degree and, you know, experience in a certain field. And then you go out and you do that for, for 30 years. And then once you do that, you retire. So, and then you go live your best life and, uh, you know, I don't know, become a snowbird and go to Florida, you uh, go to the South, people move South, you know, people do different things differently. Right. Um, and so at that point in their life, hopefully you've, you've planned financially and you, you've been able to save money and, you know, you get to the point in that time of your life where you don't have to, to work anymore. So, um, the conversation, you know, was brought up about pastors and retiring and he looked at me as serious as could be. And he said, you know, I think our pastor is going to preach until he dies. Mm. And so with that, Scott, do you think that's a good idea? Do you think that's not a good idea? Do you think that's healthy for a church? Do you think that is dangerous for a church because there's no contingency plan Ooh. Or is it just one of those things where, you know, the church is comfortable, so why why rock the boat? But at the same time, you can't just rely on that one person. So yeah. 
what are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, so I think that that's those are the man. That's a lot of that's a lot of stuff to unpack. <laughs> should have, we should have done one at a time, but I was just thinking out loud as we. Yeah. No, I think I think that's a good thing. So I think I'll so I'll, I'll I'll say this much. I think when it comes to pastors' retirement, there has to kind of be almost a reason why some a pastor holds on to a position. Um, and I think it's just like with anything, you know, why do people hold on to positions when they know they need to probably let go or they need to uh, take a lesser role or they need to, you know, just leave altogether. Um, when, when you're looking at just kind of just finances and just finances in general, um, what I find so fascinating is I was looking at a site. It's actually on a um, it's on a um, agfinancial.org, and they're giving insights into a pastor life and why ministers need more support. And they kind of talked about that, you know, the average median income for those who have a bachelor's degree and are over 20, the age of 25 and have a bachelor's degree. In 2015, the median income was $71,221 a year. When it looks at pastors, pastors' annual salary is less than that. They say it at 63314 And when I saw that number, I'm like, wow, that's high. <laughs> like, that's pretty high. What However, was it again? What was 63314 This is in 2015. Okay. So I thought, well, that's a little high. Um, however, later down, they do talk about how like pastors that have lower salaries because they're part of churches which have smaller ministry bus uh, uh, budgets are less likely to feel confident about their financial health. Um, 11% of pastors report an annual compensation of $40,000 or less. Now, that seems a little bit more accurate to me. And these pastors are not only struggling financially. Um, but they also express lower satisfaction with their careers or current positions and are more likely to see themselves uh, struggling. Um, on another on another um, on another thing I happen to see that um, oh where is it that um, one out of every 10 ministers will actually retire as a minister. Mm. Which I find that I find that very fascinating. Um, and then also they say like, you know, 50% of ministers that are starting out will not last five years. Like they will just go and they'll just do another vocation. So I think when you look at all these things and talking about retirement, I think of if there's a pastor that's holding on too long, I think one of the key things you're going to have to ask yourself is, are they holding on? because they truly feel God is calling them to stay and the elder board and the uh, board of pastoral care or, or whatever team that kind of oversees the pastor and their life and their ministry. If they see something and they say, Hey, we still think you're doing a great job. We're still seeing a lot of good stuff happening in the church for your ministry. I know you're close. I know you're, you want you're you're 70. So you're past retirement age, but you know, we feel confident and we want to have you hold on. And I think if it's that and there's kind of a boat of confidence from the leadership, then if that pastor stays there to work, I think that's fine. But if a pastor's staying there because it's like, well, I don't have enough saved up for retirement or 
I don't have anything saved up for retirement. Or it's kind of like one of those things where it's like I'm always working in ministry churches that have small budgets. So they can't pay me as much. So there's definitely not. A, so every cent that I get from the church is going to support my family or to support me or whatever the case may be. And I don't have anything set up to put into a retirement account or a pension or or anything then yeah, I think there are some pastors who they keep working and working and working because they're in a position where they just need to be able to eat and pay bills. And and and, and I'm not going to, and I know that sounds kind of negative because I don't think that's why they're just solely doing it. I think they do love doing the ministry and doing what they do, but they're less likely to let go and retire because they don't really have anything to set on or if they do it's not going to sustain them for many years and then they'll have to go back to getting back into ministry or doing some other type of work in their older age because they didn't save properly um, in their younger years and a lot of that could just be their choice and not having a good financial knowledge or the other thing could be is that they primarily served in smaller congregations that don't have a good support system to give them any extra for to help go towards retirement. Sure. Um, what about when it gets, I don't know how to say this, the right way to say this. What about, what about when it gets to the point where they probably shouldn't be like, uh, we all age, right? Like we all get to the point where we're not going to be able to move as fast as we can. And if you're in great health then great, but like, Cognitively, um, cognitively speaking, um, energy speaking, you know, you get up to be there 70, 75, 80 years old. It's hard enough to be a pastor in your 30s and 40s, let alone be a one in your, you know, one of one in your 70s or 80s. Like, do you think there comes a point where you need to ask that person to either step down or consider some sort of contingency plan? I. I think so. Having having those difficult conversations. I think and I and I think that goes back to, you know, the leadership team having those conversations. I think even if this if this pastor still has, you know, has someone that still lives with them, whether it's a adult, whether it's a spouse, or whether it's like, you know, maybe they're taking care of an a an adult that has like special needs. Um, those, I think those are things that you do have to have those conversations about and just kind of say, Hey, these are kind of things you have to really set forth in and really think about. And, you know, if you have a team that's saying, Hey, we realize that you're just forgetting key dates that you're and not necessarily being sloppy, but you can tell that there is a dip in something like, you know, I think it might be on good on the elder board's part to just not only have that hard conversation with the pastor, but even do it so in a in a way that's graceful, not to say, hey, your time's up, you're old, you're forgetting things, you're, you're, you're doing sloppy work. So, you know, adios. I think there's a thing like, hey, you've done great for this church. We are starting to see some signs where it may be best for you know, either for you to retire or, you know, to 
find another church to pastor or or even the idea of hey but we're going to degrade you down to like maybe a senior ministry like doing a pastor for senior ministry and then get a new lead uh to come in because you are starting to see some of those things um and i think that's something that not only does the leadership have to kind of be on board with but i think it's also something that when you do those switch, because you mentioned earlier about comfort zones, if people are comfortable with a certain pastor, then maybe that train that change could kind of become cumbersome, but then not changing can also be very uh, disastrous as well. So I think it's one of those things where communication is a key where you're going to have to really lay out a succession plan in some ways saying, hey, Pastor Tony is going to be retiring in the next couple of years. We're going to start looking for his replacement now. And then Pastor Tony is going to kind of be moved to being more of a seniors pastor, uh, the pastor to senior citizens and doing a lot more um, um, pastoral care. And then the new pastor is going to be more of the lead teaching pastor. And we're going to kind of go from there. And if you have a good plan and everything's kind of all on board with it, then I think there is a way where those pastors who are taking can kind of still serve in ministry if they are not feeling like they're ready to retire, but they don't have to be the person that has to like manage everything. Does, does that make sense? It does. I, th I think so. I want to piggyback off of what you said a little bit, because like, I think um, one of two things, right? I've seen it done a couple of ways with grace and excellence and just the idea that you know, everybody's happy, right? So one of the one of the ways I've seen this done is, you know, pastor so-and-so says, you know, I'm in my 60s. I've been pastoring here for the last 12 years or 15 years or whatever. Um, you know, we get older. Time marches on. I think it's time that I step down from being the lead teaching pastor at this church. The church comes back and says, we respect your decision. We would love you to stay. And we'd love you to, one of the things I've seen done is we want you to be pastor emeritus uh -huh. where you, you stay on, you stay in a rotation for preaching. You fill in when they hire a new guy, when that person's on vacation or they're out of town on, you know, for, for various reasons, but they don't have the weight of the world on them anymore. They don't have the responsibility of, excuse me, leading the church like they once did. It keeps the lay people happy because those folks are still seeing that person. That person still gets the opportunity to serve and preach. And it's it's almost like a win-win for everybody. The other piece that I've seen done is um, the pastors, um, like you said, Scott, they they take a they take a role where they're 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 handling a, a, another area of ministry in the church, whether it's an executive pastor role or they're handling an associate role they 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 step down or a senior senior pastor or senior ministry role um senior adults and they they lead those areas because they're kind of not to the speed of once you know what you know, what it was before to be a lead pastor if that makes sense so yeah. um those are two super healthy ways uh but i've also seen you know people take pride and and, and ownership over being in a ministry super long uh, for a super long amount of time, and it's it's not super healthy when it comes to have those conversations. Um, mm -hmm. Or 
they, you know, like I said before, when we started this episode, it's like, I'm going to preach till I'm dead. Well, yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily healthy. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's okay. Um, just because you started this church 30 years ago, doesn't mean that you should be the one that closes doors. Um, and you have to be okay with that because, you know, as much as you want to preach until you die, like the reality is you may not be able to do that and lead a church at the same time. There's a difference in preaching every week and a difference in leading a church every week. Like you can get up and preach and, and preach that 35, 40 minutes or however long you preach on a weekly basis, but there's still tasks that go along with leading a church, leading a ministry, leading a staff, leading lay people, preaching funerals, doing weddings, visiting people in the hospital, yeah, being involved in the community. And if you're not able to keep up with those responsibilities, then I don't think you have any business leading a church as the lead pastor. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I agree with you. And I agree with you. And I think kind of the the other side of the coin is when you do have pastors who are like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to retire. I'm ready to retire. There's also some challenges with the retirement as well. Um, I had one when I was attending my home church, when I was at my home church, there was a guy there who had good conversations with and he was talking about and we're just talking about ministry he knew i was studying to be a pastor and going through the ordination process and and we're talking and he kind of mentioned something about how when his dad um retired from the beginning of his dad's ministry to the end of his dad's ministry he had always lived in a parsonage the church always provided housing for him right so then when he and he was very good at saving up all his money, he worked in places that, you know, they're very good at like giving him not only to meet his needs, but had extra to throw back into into an account, into his pension. So he has a very so he could be secure in his retirement and, and have, you know, money to live off of for, you know, the next, you know, 20 or some year, 25 years to live off of. Um, which hopefully at that point he would be, you know, gone by that point um, when all that money runs out that she saved up. But the cool thing, the interesting thing he said is that when his dad tried to buy a house, he could not because he had no equity. Mm. And he was not any, him and his wife found this nice little house down in Florida, which I know that's kind of like the stereotype, retired ministers go down to Florida, but <laughs> He tried to do that and they denied him because he had no equity. So the best he could do was to basically stay in a trailer park and buy a trailer and live in a trailer park community for a couple of years before. So to build at least a little bit of equity so he could kind of get a nice little home um, in Florida. But it was so I think sometimes, you know, depending on when a pastor retires and kind of what things are offered, that can also be a situation. I know at least in the last three places I've worked at, um, they've always provide housing for me and I'm very grateful for that. Um, especially this year, because definitely where I'm living at now, I could not afford a house in this community. It's just the prices of houses are ridiculous to say the least. Um, but you know, the church's value in me being in this community to serve the children and youth and families in this community. And I think that is good. Um, 
So, you know, there's that hope that eventually all the money we are saving that eventually, you know, we can kind of get to that point where we can just say, hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to buy our own house in the community now because we have enough money saved up and we can kind of do things. But at the same time, would we be able to? I don't know, because we probably don't have any equity or we would probably have to say, okay, mom or dad, like go hit our parents, me and Laura would have to hit our parents, like sign off on this uh on this uh, mortgage or something with us just so we can get a house like it's stuff like that where you know when you're retired you can't rely on mom and dad anymore because i would assume by that point your parents will probably be you know passed away or at the point where they're like 98 and they are barely functioning being alive anyway so um so there are some challenges with retirement in being in ministry and then i think the other thing is that idea of when you've done something you've loved for many, many years, and then you just say, okay, I'm done. You're not really done. Because then you feel like, well, what am I going to do with my life now? Yeah, yeah, sure. Maybe I want to travel, but then you travel and then you're like, okay, what's next? Like, it's like all the things you want to do, you do them very quickly or you do it. And then you're just kind of like, well, I'm still not satisfied because your whole identity for the last you know, 40 years has been working in ministry has been wrapped up and done. So then I know a lot of pastors, they go and become interim or I know on the, and that's usually the good side. The bad side is that you have pastors who retire, but they stay at the churches they pastor at, And then they make things difficult for the new person who is taking the pulpit, which I have which, one of my which, buddies who've had that series, had, who've had that happen to him in ministry. Which I'm a big proponent of. If you're leaving to retire, you need to stay away for a while once you leave. Absolutely. Just to, just to let the new pastor kind of get settled and and figure out his or her new role and 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 learn the congregation without you know <laughs> without your help. As politely as politely as. And I would say even that, like, don't answer your phone. I mean, and I know that sounds bad, but how many times has, and I mean, I don't know, but I'm sure there's probably some pastors who've had that experience that pastor retired, new pastor comes up. Obviously, there's some people in the congregation who are just like, eh, so what do they do? They call and they reach out to the last pastor and they talk to that pastor. And then the pastor says stuff or maybe gives advice or gives wisdom, but they're giving wisdom to only one side of the story and they don't see the full picture. And it's almost like that in itself is kind of causing friction and causing division and kind of setting up not just the leader, not, not just the pastor, but the church in, as a whole setting the church up for failure when that happens. Yeah. Um, years ago, I was asked to, to consider being a worship leader at a church and I went in and the, it was not a retirement situation per se, but like the pastor had stepped down because he took another role within like state leadership or another ministry, like a nonprofit, whatever. Right. And so um, his associate pastor became the new teaching pastor. And so I remember going in there the first Sunday leading worship and seeing the former lead pastor still attend church there. And this was shortly after they had made the transition from him taking another role 
uh, within the state or wherever in another nonprofit. I forget what the role was specifically, but like here he was sitting in the front row and I'm like, this is awkward. Like, <laughs> because he used to be the teaching pastor here and it wasn't too, you know, too far removed. And it's like, how's the other guy supposed to, to, to have any sort of established leadership if, if you're not willing to step down or like truly step down a step away from this ministry. And I could say the same about, you know, retirement when that conversation comes along. Mm. And, and like, and take it a step further, the conversation I had this morning with, with my friend that we had breakfast together, he has, he doesn't have any desire to be the next lead pastor of that church. He just wants there to be some sort of plan in place for when the guy actually does decide, Hey, I need to, I need to step down. Yeah. So, uh, and like context, the, that pastor and his family planted that church 30 plus years ago. Mm. And he's been the only pastor that that church has ever had. Ooh. So, which makes, I think it makes that even that much more difficult to have those conversations. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I remember, geez, this was years ago. There was a church in the Dayton area that I was applying for. And this would have been 2000, 2010, maybe. Actually, no, it might have been even earlier than that. It was 2009. And I went to this church and had a meeting with them. And I preached that Sunday. But it was interesting because I'm at that meeting. I'm asking about the history of the church. And I found out that they've only had one pastor. And it was the person who, you know, start founded the church. The wife of this pastor was still living in the parsonage. And the people who were on this search committee and even on, which was basically the elder board, were two of the three children of this pastor. And just asking questions and talking to them and everything. They made a comment saying, you know, we, when dad was dying, we asked dad, oh, what's one thing that you're worried about? And he said he was worried about the church. So the family kind of took it upon themselves that they need to, you know, protect the church and help, you know, guide the church. And I, and it was interesting too, because a buddy of mine at camp, his dad used to pastor this church. So I called him and asked him about it. And immediately when I said something to him in person about this church, just his nonverbal reaction to me saying something just told me everything I needed to know <laughs> about it. It was like eyes got big, like almost like I just told them the scariest story in the world was the reaction. Um, and, and then he tried to play it out very not calmly and very respectfully, but I knew I knew it wasn't a good fit, which eventually it wasn't. I preached there and then I got ghosted. And then probably about three months later, I get a call from them like, oh, hey, Pastor Sedby, we like to uh, we like to have you come back to preach again and see if you're still interested in the position. And I'm thinking, well, no, <laughs> like, no. But then I also knew what happened. It's like they probably thought, no, we don't like this guy. We're going to we have some other candidates we like better. They didn't want the position. So now. I was the sloppy seconds or sloppy thirds, sloppy fourths. And it's like, nope, I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> so I just denied it. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I don't think that church is, I don't even think that church is open anymore. I think isn't, they are. Isn't that, 
But, Isn't that a great feeling getting the getting ghosted by a church? Oh yeah. Maybe that's a topic for another day about getting ghosted. Oh. That's what I was gonna say too. I was like, maybe that's a, that's another uh that's another good conversation about um for another for another topic for another podcast. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then and then we get mad when they finally call you back and said, Oh hey, we like to we like to have you come speak again. It's like or not. Uh no, because you ghosted me. It's like it's like, I mean, I'm not your I'm not your pastor booty calling, you know what I mean? <laughs> What's like going on? Yeah, it's like going on a date, right? Like if you go on a date and then you don't hear anything back from that person, obviously it's not working out. And then like three months later, you're like, oh, by the way, I met somebody else. We're dating and we're probably going to get married. But oh, thanks for calling. Right. Yeah, it's like, it's so. Uh, and I've never place. had that experience before, but I know other people who have. And I'm thinking. And, 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 and for my sake, I'm so glad that I dated and got married before the booming of the whole online dating thing at the height of it, because man, I would just feel so defeated. I would feel so defeated doing that. But again, I think that's a, another topic for another day. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, is there anything else we need to talk about retirement? I mean, and I think if I if there's any closing thoughts, I would say with this for anybody who's listening, who's on the verge of retiring, or maybe someone who's maybe they're worried about it. Like, am I going to have enough money? I would say, if anything, it would be in your best interest to talk to a financial advisor if you're worried about retirement from a financial standpoint. Talk to a financial advisor. I would recommend if you have a person who does your pension stuff within your denomination. Talk to them, but I would say talk to someone at like a Morgan Stanley um, because they're going to kind of give you a better insight and it's not just going to be tied up to, you know, whether it's tied up within your denomination. I think they're going to kind of be give you a good advice to kind of focus that or even talk to someone at your bank, too. I mean, they'll probably say, yeah, open up a savings account, but, you know, don't do that. Um, well, also, at that point, that's not a good be, retirement plan. Also, that, at that point, it might be too late. <laughs> Yeah, um, exactly. But then I think for those who are looking at retiring, but maybe you're worried about, oh, well, is the church going to do well? Or here's the thing. I, every time when I hear that conversation, I just have to like slap myself sometimes um, because I, it, it prevents me from slapping the other person because it's not our church to begin with. Sure. And if we are so narrow-sighted and narrow and have such a small faith that the church would stop functioning and it would just fall into a pit of chaos when one person leaves then we don't have faith in not only christ the one who sacrificed himself for us but then we also don't have faith in his body and we feel like that the pastor is the savior of the body of christ which no we are not the savior of the body of Christ. Jesus is the savior of the church, not me, not you, not Pastor Tom, Pastor Ed, Pastor Pastor Lin, Lin. Like it's not us. So if you're going to, so if you have that approach, I believe you need to kind of have a heart to heart with Jesus and just to basically say, Lord, just give me the peace to walk away. And just yeah. have me trust. And, and then basically just kind of come to that point. Like it's the same thing with the cup. 
with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not my will, but yours. Yeah. Maybe you don't want to drink the cup of retirement because you feel like you still have to hold on to do stuff in the church. Or maybe you're worried about, maybe you're not necessarily worried about the church falling in disarray, but maybe you're worried about because you've been there at the church for so long that the other people in that church are not going to be accepting to the new person. And if that's the fear you have, then obviously there is something within your ministry there that you didn't do well, that you have a congregation that's going to react so poorly to that. Or you just don't have a very good view of your congregation and they will act absolutely fine with you being gone and a new person showing up. Yeah, I think I think the like one last thing to kind of wrap it up is that I think. You know, in those transitions and those conversations, something that I've learned and probably you you have learned as well, Scott, is that even not in retirement, even just in transitions in general, like the church is going to survive. It's and and my wife and I always had this conversation anytime we made a ministry transition. It was like, you know, the church was there before we got there, the church is there while we were there, and the church is going to be there well after we're gone. So you just have to be at peace about that. And I think the same goes for the retirement conversation. You know, if you poured your heart and soul into that ministry for a number of years, you know, God bless you. You know, and God's going to bless you and honor you and take care of you, but you just have to have faith that it's going to be okay when you walk away from that, and and just have to have that peace and the comfort to know that that's going to be the the right decision. And I think in most in most cases, Scott, that that does happen. Yeah. Do you agree with that? I mean, like in most cases, like it just it it it'll what what's that phrase? What will be will be like yeah. it, it's like it'll be okay. Right. And I think the same thing goes for retirement in any profession. Like it's going to be okay. Like when you decide to, to hang it up and walk away, it's just. Yeah. I mean, if God can take care of you for the ups and downs of ministry, he will still take care of you when you retire. Yes. Well, friends, hopefully this podcast was able to give you some wisdom and insight on retiring. Maybe you're someone who thought, man, Retirement, I'm not even thinking about that, but I, you know, maybe you know a pastor who is strongly retiring, or maybe you're someone who goes, man, I'm going to give this pastor um, this podcast because I think they're too struggling. I know a pastor who's struggling with this concept of retirement, and I think that's something that I think is kind of key to um, helping them process some of this and having someone else kind of say the things that maybe I can't say or Maybe the questions that the pastor's not even asking of themselves. So hopefully this has been very helpful. Again, we'd like to hear your feedback. You can go ahead and send us a message through our website, thescottstemmon.com. You can message us on all our other social media sites. And again, we would just love to hear anything you'd like to give to us. But guys, again, thank you so much for being faithful listeners to the Scott Simmon podcast. We appreciate each and every one of you. And we'll be back on next week with the next episode. 